This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Oddsbreakers, number one place for shared, sharp, betting information. Welcome back to Podcast 5 of 2024. I'm your host, Kiev. And you can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the Oddsbreakers and follow us on social media slash the Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetMGM. For an up to $1,500 bonus, please visit the Oddsbreakers slash BetNow. Click on BetMGM. Terms, conditions, locations apply. If you'd like to support the Oddsbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, Please visit theosbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. Get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit theosbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. What a wonderful weekend of sports, my friends. Uh, NFL was really hot for me until Monday, but still up for the weekend. And college basketball, holy cow, I am on a massive heater in college basketball went seven and one uh saturday and sunday so was very happy with some of those results um owen won on uh monday though because harvard for some reason decided to not play the first half and when they played the second half they almost tied it up so it was just one of those ugly games in the ivy league but either way it was a wonderful weekend of sports betting ufc very close to even down i think i was down 0.89 units but uh we have a big ufc event coming up this weekend we might have a wonderful guest for this event ufc 297 as well but man yeah lots of basketball lots of college basketball over the weekend definitely Lots of football, lots of craziness with the NFL, with the Bills game moving and all this, the turbulence due to that. It really changes things for the Bills, uh, being that they're going to be on a uh, an extra day of rest against the Chiefs. Now they're on a short week against the Chiefs. So I thought that was pretty massive in itself. But here, here we are. We have NFL Divisional Week, and we have our lines out for these games. And I want to go over just kind of my first takes on these lines. I do have a small play for you as well right now. Waiting on a little bit of movement for some of the other ones. But first, we're going to get into what we always do, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. The good, the bad, and the ugly... From the weekend. And there is enough to go around now that we have all these wonderful college basketball games. Um, Starting with the good, uh, Houston going down to Iowa State and then to TCU last week. And, you know, it, the reason that's good, obviously, if you're not a Cougars fan, it's not good. But let's face it. Houston and Gonzaga have been on top of the Ken Palms, the Torvix, the Haslametrics, all the sites all the net ratings for way too many years without playing a real schedule. 
Now Houston plays a real step schedule and they're starting to feel the wrath of a Big 12 season. Now, don't get me wrong. They're still number one on Ken Palm. It's just that the margin has definitely gotten closer. Their defense looks so good because they're playing a ton of tomato cans like Rice, like Jackson State, like Texas State, you know, like Towson, like Stetson, like Louisiana Monroe. You know, they did play a couple tougher teams in Dayton and Utah earlier in the season. I'll give them that. Xavier is a meddling team. But still, now they're getting into the brunt of the season. They have Kansas on deck. They have Texas on deck. You know, Texas twice. Uh, They'll have BYU coming up. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma. They're definitely going to have their share of tougher games. So it's just nice to see real schedules to some of these top teams. The next is Wisconsin Hoops. They have another big win over the weekend. Uh, Northwestern at home. And now Wisconsin moves to 13-3, and ranked number 9 on Ken Palm. As a Badger fan, I cannot be more happy with this team. They just needed a couple guys to step up out of nowhere this year. And guess what? It wasn't Connor Asijan. It's John Blackwell, freshman, that's standing out. It's A.J. Store, the transfer that came in from St. John's. So just... Can't be more excited as a Badger fan. Plus, it, it feels like Tyler Wall has confidence now. He kind of lost some confidence, I feel, last year. There's still a, a deficiency in the middle with Stephen Crawl. He can be kind of all over the place. Not He doesn't have that toughness it takes to stop the Balos and uh, some of the other big men, the Zach Eadies in, in the league. But, you know, if they can hit enough threes and get around that, sometimes uh, they can mitigate the, the issues they have down down low. So uh, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. But here we are, Wisconsin looking really good and possibly poised to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Uh, next good is Chiefs defense. Holy cow, this defense is good. Um, I was very surprised how they just took Miami out like that and it wasn't even really close of a game uh I thought this was just the best dominant showing I I I guess you can throw the Packers in there too but the Cowboys kind of slightly got back in the game at the end lost by 16 but you know it's just for the weather and for the conditions and the defense allowing one of the top offenses in the league only seven points you got to give them credit and now Rasheed Rice is hitting those crossing routes good and Mahomes is hitting him of course if he can get a receiver going like they had the Tyreek Hills back in the day Kelsey's dropping a few passes but he'll be fine this is going to be one freaking dangerous team coming in to Buffalo here so uh you got to give a lot of credit to the Kansas City Chiefs and what they did Uh, another good the Texans Man, the dogs were barking this week. Um, The Texans just absolutely blow out the Browns. And I was on the Texans on a personal play plus the two and a half. I had the teaser leg, and unfortunately, the teaser didn't work. But uh, I took a personal play on the Texans as well. I wish I would have actually made it an official play. But here we are uh, looking at the Texans here going into the next week against the Ravens. They got to feel pretty good from where they're at. Obviously, a loss to the Ravens is not going to be terrible. But, hey, this team's playing with motivation, and C.J. Stroud's looking really good. This could be an interesting situation here, uh, them coming into Baltimore. Um, Next is 
the Packers and Cowboys props betters. <laughs> I was one of them. Uh, that was very good. Uh, you know, it, even my cooks, it, it's funny. They, they were throwing everywhere else except to Brandon Cook. And he finally hit his prop at the end because the Cowboys just kept getting extra chances to try to score a touchdown. And it, it didn't go over by much, but uh, every single receiver, I feel, for the Cowboys went over on their props. It was just a, a crazy attempt to come back game. Packers playing a little prevent, right? And uh, that was definitely good for betters. Uh, now for the bad. Going back to college basketball, Georgia's choke, man. I mean, they're winning the game with like a minute left. They're winning by seven, eight points, maybe 10. Actually, they were winning by 10 points with less than 10 minutes left in that game against Tennessee. And they choke so bad, they lose by six. And almost, almost, I, I mean, if they would have fouled if Tennessee got a rebound there and a bunch of those last second misses, they wouldn't have covered the dang spread either because Tennessee would have hit the two free throws. They would It was seven and a half. So I was like... Let's thank my lucky stars on that one. But, geez, what a choke by Georgia, man. Uh, was really hoping that they were going to win that outright. I had a nice little money line sprinkle on that one. Uh, another bad, the Browns defense versus good teams. I mean, that was my handicap on the game. I'm like, the Browns didn't beat anybody with Flacco, you know. And it wasn't Flacco at first. It was first the Browns D that was bad. But then it was Joe Flacco because he was in desperation mode, threw a couple pick sixes, and that game just got immediately out of hand right after that. So found that interesting. Um, next is the Bills losing Bernard to an ankle injury last night. Man, that's tough because they're already deficient with Milano. I don't know how bad this ankle is. He was carted off the field. It's probably a high ankle sprain. He'll probably have to miss this week. But, I mean, they also got banged up a few uh, cornerbacks for the Bills uh, as well. I believe that uh, Taron Johnson and Christian Benford is banged up. I think they're going to play, but Taron Johnson's being evaluated for a concussion, so you never know with this situation so man the bills are going to be on a, a little bit more of a skeleton crew again on already a bad defense so that is very worrisome for the bills maybe a deja vu moment if uh, they lose at home again like they did last year to the cincinnati bengals another bad jed fish going from arizona to washington man that sucks I, you know they were poised in coming in as a top 10 team, the Arizona Wildcats, with Fafita as quarterback there. Now that the coach is leaving Arizona to Washington, it just tells you how poor these football programs are in Arizona, you know, compared to other ones. Hell, Kalen DeBoer left Washington, Alabama, but there's your hierarchy here, right? I mean, he didn't hesitate to go to Washington. He's going to have some better recruiting. For some reason, all the kids in Arizona leave. It's just sad because, man, they're just going to possibly make some serious noise next year. And here we go, changing the outlook here of college football. Money talks, bullshit walks. And uh, finally, another bad, the Cowboys teaser leg. That was everybody's freaking teaser, man. He's seriously going to do that again, Dak. Playoff Cowboys. McCarthy just looking like a deer in the headlights. I mean, 
losing to his old team like that that fired him is just utterly bad. It must have hurt the guy. And um, at the same time, that that it was just a weird game. The Packers just kind of jumped him a bit. And the Cowboys just couldn't catch up. They were out-coached because LaFleur is just such a good coach. But I, I put that on Dan Quinn, too. Dan Quinn allowed this. He was worse than McCarthy. You know, this guy's always been an idiot. He's always been a fraud to me. It was never him in Atlanta that went to the Super Bowl. It was Kyle Shanahan. You know, how's this guy interviewing for jobs? Absolutely blows my mind. You know, at least the Cowboys kind of came back in the game. But if if there wasn't for that defense choking, that's really what started the whole momentum for the Packers. Also, a few extra things that we'll get to in the next segment, which brings in to the ugly. Uh, Postponing a playoff game was ugly because it really gave a disadvantage to the Bills. It screwed things up for people traveling. It screwed things up for people watching the game. Um, I guess a 2.30 on Martin Luther King Day where half people are off of work isn't super bad, but it's still uh, just an ugly look when, you know, you figure that this day and age there'd be better ways of doing things. Uh, The weather gets them, you know, and even if it was a dome, they said it would have clogged up the streets to get to the game. Well, you know, I don't I don't know what to say in that situation. You got to have better ways for your emergency vehicles and and things like that, Buffalo. I I don't know. Uh if you live up there too, you just have trucks with chains on the tires. Hell, when we were kids, we put chains on our tires when we were trucks when we drove our trucks. Um Kentucky refs. Oh geez, that was, you know, everyone confuses what such a great game is when it should be a great game or when the refs keep it close. That Texas A&M-Kentucky game was so bad that A&M should have won by 15 points minimum, but the refs purposely kept him in for the networks, and Barney at the bar, which uh, Brad Powers likes to say, uh, would have said, well, what a great game. But, the, <laughs> I mean, to anybody that knows basketball, really, this was not a great game. It was a one-sided game that was uh, fixed into being extremely close and very stressful for a Texas A&M team. There is a difference between a real great game and a fake great game these days in sports in general. Uh, Deshaun Watson smiling <laughs> after Cleveland's losing. There's The camera was totally caught him. He goes up to D'Amico Ryan's just kind of hanging around the winner, and he's just smiling at everybody. <laughs> you got... You were completely on camera there, and I took a I took a photo and tweeted that out a little bit. Oh my god, <laughs> it was a bad look to see how happy he was to see his Browns lose with all the Flacco mania there. Oh my goodness. Uh, next, <clears throat> and yeah, I'm gonna bag on uh, Ron Torbert's officiating crew here. The, these guys are absolutely clueless, and the interception that was almost a pick six, it became a touchdown anyway for the Packers, was complete pass interference. 100%. And that's when the Cowboys went from 7 to 14. And then Dak's on his heels and he's throwing and he's out of control, trying to get back in the game. And you know what happens high variance, picks, and then the Packers get more picks. So it was started by some very questionable uh, Ron Torbert stuff. If I'm a, I promised myself this year I'd stay away from Ron Torbert games. I even teased this one and it was still completely out of control. 
I I need to stay away from this idiot. But at the same time, I mean, if you're not a Cowboys fan, uh, America wins. That's what people say when the Cowboys lose. Now, if you're a Bears fan, that's the only fan base that's not true because the Bears are our favorite team and our second favorite team is any team that's playing the Packers. Next, uh, the NFL and how they kind of handled the whole Bills Stadium deal. It's, you know, is there just not enough guys you can pay a couple hundred bucks a piece to go shovel those stands? I mean, the stands were absolutely caked in snow, and so everyone was just sitting on snow during the game. I, I It made people have to stand up mostly for the game. And um, they're just throwing it up in the air in celebration, which looked really cool. And don't get me wrong, I love an old-fashioned snow game, but it wasn't snowing. It was just snow in the stands. So it's very strange, but you just think this day and age – uh, the stadium would have been a little bit more ready for this game, especially when you postpone it. But they got smashed with some storms. That was very interesting. Another ugly was just Dak Prescott in general. That whole narrative that is a true narrative, you can't win in the playoffs. You, you don't. Yeah, you win at Tampa last year, I guess. But seriously, when you you start moving on, you don't win. And then when CeeDee Lamb says, well, it takes experience to win playoffs games. That's all. That's all the Packers needed to hear. Yeah, you know, that's all they needed to hear to come out guns blazing. And C.D. Lamb looked shell shocked in that game. He looked nervous in the beginning of that game. It was just a very strange look for the Cowboys. And Dak Prescott, he did his best, but it's just when you're down, instead of bringing your team into the game, you brought them even more out of the game with the pick sixes. You know. That is the problem I've always had with Dak, and that's why I was always against paying him that $40 million. Well, here you are. Now your coach is in trouble, Dak, and I'm not even sure how much it was McCarthy compared to what it's you. I I think it's some McCarthy because he's in charge of his defensive coordinator, but between Dak and Dan Quinn, that's what really lost that game. And then also what was ugly was the Eagles' demise in this game i could not believe how bad they looked uh you know on defense can't not stopping really anything tampa kate otten was just destroying them left and right it was it was bad and maybe losing tj edwards to the bears was part of what happened to the eagles having nicobe dean on ir but that defensive front did as much as they could. I mean, they're a bunch of studs from Georgia, but it certainly wasn't enough. But Jalen Hurts, man, you can throw him into the pile too right now because he had a bad game. He uh, was not finding open receivers. He wasn't uh, – I, I think they just, in this situation, without A.J. Brown, you just got to have more running plays for Hurts. You know, it was more Hurts just trying to throw them out. And the Eagles are not good comeback team. They're a good play from a head team. You know, they're not a good comeback team. And that really showed. As soon as uh, the Tampa kind of jumped in there, they were definitely in, in into some trouble. But, you know, they, that's, they didn't where they weren't at home. And Tampa had some home field advantages where it was able to play rougher and get less calls. It was just one of those situations where uh, the Eagles – completely failing and 
That's on Nick Sirianni because he did not replace the coordinators that left for head coaching jobs. Put your drawers on and take your gun off. All right. Now let's take a quick first look at these NFL lines coming up. Now, Houston versus Baltimore. Baltimore minus 9.5. Total is 45.5 at this point Monday morning, 5.21 a.m. Mountain Time in Arizona. So I would have to say that I would think this was a little bit high for a Baltimore team that chokes things away, but there is one stat that really keeps me off jumping at the gun on Houston, and that is the home road splits. Baltimore is a fantastic 6.4 yards per play at home. Houston is a good 5.8 yards per play at home, but only 5.0 yards per play on the road. I guess that's still middle of the pack, but this is why you see a team that's, let's just say, seven, eight points above the average, and then you add one, two points for home field advantage, you're at the nine and a half, you know? And then Houston's defense, defense travels. I expect them to travel, but can they be as good as they were against the Browns? Can they get to Flacco? Or, I mean, to, uh, like they get, like they got to Flacco, can they get to Lamar Jackson? I don't think so because Lamar's going to take off running. I mean, it just takes kind of one that big bumps and momentum for Baltimore to kind of get going on this one. So, I mean, my pure numbers has this a bit less. I have, from an algorithm standpoint, and I use a little recency to it, I have Houston plus six, and from... My power rating, I have Houston plus nine and a half. I think it's fair right now before I get into the matchup metrics to say it should be a seven and a half spread and not a nine and a half spread. And Baltimore has choked these away in the past. But right now, I could also see a blowout happening. I am going to wait on this one. The Packers versus the Niners. Now, the Niners are minus 10. The total is 49.5. Now, most likely, you are not going to get away with those holding calls you did against the Cowboys. And this is why this spread is so big. But at the same time, the Packers are extremely hot right now. And the Packers' road splits are actually pretty dang good. For the whole season, the Packers... uh 5.5 yards per play at home, 5.9 on the road. So they move the ball on the road. Now, even though San Fran, 6.9 yards per play at home, that I think can get a little bit mitigated with a Matt LaFleur defense that's playing extremely well right now. So I think this spread is slightly high at 10. Um, in my opinion, even though... Matt LaFleur is usually owned by his former teacher, Kyle Shanahan. I think that, you know, this time he might be able to keep it close. And is that wishful thinking on my part? I don't know. Um, if I actually look at the scores and matchups from some of their previous games, 
since 2020, two and two ATS. So the Packers even won a couple games against San Fran, one in 2021, and they lost 13 to 10 in 2022, but they didn't even play the whole year in 2023. So this uh, game in 2022 was actually a home Packers game. I remember when the Niners blocked that punt and they won 13 to 10 in a very snowy game. Well, you know, these have been pretty close games with Shanahan. And except for the one in 2020, uh, Green Bay really covered that spread. <clears throat> the November 5th one. And then the, before that, San Fran covered. But two and two, I think that LaFleur knows a little bit about Shanahan, knows some of his plays, knows some of his schemes. As long as Jordan Love can hold up as that young quarterback, I think they're going to find some success this game. And I think 10 points is a little bit too much. I make this minus eight. I think the Niners uh, would be a little bit more fair, seven and a half or eight. Now, the big thing that worries me the most is Chase Young and Joey Bosa. Because if they wreak havoc and get Jordan Love uncomfortable, which he was very comfortable in his last few games, even against the Cowboys, that could be the deal breaker for this spread. But either way, I, I'm taking the 10. Um, will I buy back possibly or move the number somehow in some sort of a teaser? Maybe I will. I don't know yet. I'm still deciding that. But in this situation, I think that uh, at, at least right now, taking the 10, I am comfortable with. If this stays at 10, if it goes to 10 and a half, so be it. In my opinion, this spread is just a little bit too high. Take the Packers plus 10 for two stars. What is the five fingers? Say to the face. <laughs> what? Slap. The next game is Tampa Bay versus the Lions. The Lions are minus six. Total is 48.5. Oh, man. Tampa looked good. But then you have the short week. Uh, Lions get to prepare a little bit more. But I just don't like how the Lions acted like they won the freaking Super Bowl <laughs> after they beat the Rams. It's almost like, is that what your goal was to get one playoff win? I know you haven't done it in a while, but calm down a little bit, guys. Um, unfortunately, I think the Rams outplayed the Lions. The Rams had 425 total yards. The Lions had 334, you know. The Rams really choked it in the red zone. 357 passing yards for the Rams, you know. I mean, the way Baker Mayfield's throwing the ball right now, that's, that's definitely worrisome. Aiden Hutchinson better get to Baker. Because that's the key to this whole game. But just by the way Tampa's playing, I have to assume that Tampa is going to, you know, kind of keep it rolling here a little bit. Now, unfortunately, I bet Tampa in some bad spots. I bet them against the Saints, minus two and a half. They got absolutely destroyed. Absolutely made no sense whatsoever. You know? So I wonder a little bit about that. But here's another issue. Tampa on the road is only at 4.9 yards per play. So they're a little bit different team on the road themselves. Look at how bad they looked against Carolina. 
There's plenty of times Carolina could have won that game. So here we are at six. I'm not quite there. I think four is a is more of a fair number, but between four and six, there isn't a massive percentage change between those two numbers that aren't that key. So right now, I'm going to sit it out for a while. Um, I think that Tampa can keep this one close. And if I decide to move it up to 12 or 11 and a half or wherever it sits, that could be a possibility a little bit later. I know everyone says the Wong teasers are the only way to go. I disagree. A lot of these Wong teasers are getting their ass kicked anyway. Just ask Dallas. But uh, in my opinion, I I have this a four-point spread and not a six. And finally, let's move on to the Chiefs versus the Bills. Bills minus two and a half. A little bit juice now, minus 118, total uh, 46.5. If the Bills weren't on a short week, this spread would be three. Or th- even a three a little bit juiced in my opinion. But the short week really kills it for the Bills and the injury to Bernard. And possibly the quarterbacks. So because of that, I only have the Bills minus one and a half, minus two right now in my mind. You know, from an algorithm perspective, uh, I have the Bills minus one. And that's, if you look the whole season, I have a minus 2.3. But Kansas City gets the nod if you're looking at the last three games, especially looking at the Bills' defensive perspective. From a uh, power rating, I have the Bills minus 2.75. Let's just take away a point for the short week. You're at minus 1.75. So that's why I'm kind of at minus 2 for this situation. But either way, uh, I have time on this one. And I think if you found the correct dance partner, the Chiefs sure as hell would be a very appealing teaser leg in this situation. But that's all I have for today's show. Um, college basketball is rolling, though. You can still use the uh, discount code BASKETBALL2024 to get 100 bucks off my package. I expect a ton of fun and a lot of profit to happen through March Madness. My friends, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back on Friday morning with a huge show for college basketball, NFL, and UFC. And go get some winners. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.